Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Wednesday, August 16th. Coming up, the recent death of a college football player from heat-related illness is part of a disturbing trend in Kansas. We'll hear what happened and what impact it's had on the player's family. Plus, we'll visit Marion, Kansas, where a police raid on the local newspaper has drawn international attention. But first, some headlines. A Missouri Supreme Court ruling will allow Jackson County to appeal a 2021 decision that struck down local health orders. KCUR's Noah Taborda reports. In the 2021 decision, Cole County Circuit Court Judge Daniel Green declared local COVID restrictions violated the Missouri Constitution. State and local health officials wanted to appeal, but then Attorney General Eric Schmidt refused. Subsequently, Green would not allow them to file a motion for a new trial. The question reached the state Supreme Court. That court ruled local counties like Jackson had a right to appeal when it became clear their interests would not be protected by the attorney general. 20 Missouri school districts are moving away from the state's standardized testing and accountability system. At yesterday's State Board of Education meeting, the schools asked to stop relying on the Missouri Assessment Program. Instead, they plan to assess student performance throughout the year. Jeremy Tucker is superintendent of Liberty Public Schools. He says the new way of testing would let teachers adapt to students' needs. It's now my task as a teacher to really tailor and modify instruction to all 25, 30, or at the secondary level, 200 students that I might have on my roster to meet their individualized needs. The school districts plan to ask for a federal waiver to stop administering state testing. Now we'll stop by Marion, Kansas, where police raided the office of the local newspaper last week, drawing international attention and condemnation from news outlets and press freedom advocates. Rose Conlin of the Kansas News Service was in Marion yesterday, where staff at the Marion County Record were rushing to complete their newspaper. The raid caused staff to have to race to meet the paper's midnight print deadline. Office manager Sherry Bentz says that involves reconstructing files stored on confiscated servers and hard drives. We're having to recreate legals, classifieds, all of our normal things that we have readily available on our servers gone. So we're having to recreate a lot of things. The Marion County Police Department, which had a search warrant but not the subpoena typically sought to seize journalist materials, has said the raid was justified. The Marion Police Department may face litigation over its raid, which allegedly violated state and federal laws. KCUR's Frank Morris reports it's become a test of free speech protections. Federal and state laws restrain police from seizing journalists' documents, computers, and phones unless police can convince a judge that a crime has been or will soon be committed, that there's an imminent risk that someone could be hurt or killed, or that evidence is about to be destroyed. Bernie Rhodes, an attorney representing the Marion County Record, says this case checks none of those boxes. It's not a crime to be a reporter. The only thing the police were doing was looking for evidence of reporting. The only thing the reporter did was what she was taught in Journalism 101, verify information she received. Rhodes says the paper was also investigating Marion's police chief, who recently left the Kansas City Police Department. The Kansas City Star reports the Kansas Bureau of Investigation will take over the criminal probe relating to the raid. We'll be back after this. 
Yesterday, a federal judge in Kansas awarded an undisclosed settlement to the family of Terrell Williams, who died two years ago after he collapsed during a football practice at Fort Scott Community College. On that day, players alleged they were denied food and water and forced to run sprints and other strenuous activities as punishment after head coach Carson Hunter found trash on the practice field. And it's not the only heat-related death of a Kansas college football player that's been in the news this week. On Monday, the family of Mizell Law held a celebration of life for him. He died earlier this summer and was the third such death among Kansas college football players in five years. KCUR's Sam Zaff has been covering this issue. He told KCUR's Steve Kraske that he stopped by Law's memorial this week. Sam, you came on the show just a couple of weeks ago to talk about what happened to Mizell Law, but remind us of the details of just what happened here. Well, what we know so far is that he had an internal temperature of 108. What we don't know is how long he was suffering before he collapsed. Uh, family reports that he was having a seizure uh, at his memorial service on Saturday that I wrote a story about. It's up on KCUR.org right now. Uh, his father said that he was there when the ambulance EMTs arrived. Uh, he begged them to do something to help his son. Uh, he eventually uh, ended up in the Overland Park Regional Medical Center for a week. His father said that while Mizell was, uh, was uh, being treated, uh, doctors told him he was the sickest patient in the hospital. Mm. Now, mind you, there must have been many elderly people, people suffering from cancer. But this young man, after having an internal temperature of 108, was considered by doctors the sickest patient in the hospital. Uh, just to say, Nazarene has been completely closed mouth about this. They won't even say uh, uh, whether or not they're conducting an internal investigation about what happened to Mizell Law. Is there anything that we now know about these circumstances, Sam, that we didn't know the last time you came on the show? Uh, we do know, after I talked to some family members, that there were either coaches or trainers at the volunteer voluntary work workout. We weren't sure about that when that happened. Uh, it happened on the practice field. They were using uh, university uh, equipment. There were coaches and trainers there. What they saw, what they did, we simply don't know. We don't know if there was water available. We don't know if there was ice towels or ice baths available just in case there was a heat emergency. Uh, but I can, uh, I can promise you, Steve, those details will come out. So you attended the Celebration of Life, Sam. Tell us about the folks who spoke at that event and what they had to say about Mizell. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you what. Everybody who spoke, there were 300, maybe 400 people there. Uh, and if you look at the picture that we, uh, that we have on the story, everybody spoke about this young man's smile. Mm. One, one person said it could light up a stadium. Another said that in his high school notebook, one of his uh, high school teammates said, or a classmate said, uh, that on the first page of his high school notebook, he said, never forget to stop smiling. Mm. His father was the last to speak. He talked about how all of this had impacted him. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, I've never seen a more anguished man in his life, in, in my life. Uh, he uh, was distraught, mm. said that he is forever weakened. Uh, he was there. Uh, Steve, just try to imagine seeing your son, uh, possibly seeing having a seizure, begging doctors, EMTs to do something to save his life, and then uh, to sit there with him for a week before, uh, before he died. 
That was KCUR's Steve Kraske and Sam Zeff. To read Sam's reporting on Mizell Law and Terrell Williams, visit kcur.org. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujiadine. This podcast is produced by Paris Norvell and KCUR Studios. It's edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.